Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. Today's date is January 29th, episode 24, Black Mamba's number. In today's podcast, we get into five tops. We talk about Lucas' fantastic 73-point performance, and we'll talk a little bit about Dallas and where I see them in the Western Conference. Next, we'll go to the top of the Western Conference and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Intriguing game tonight with the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll talk about uh, the resurgence of the Thunder, the, the job that Mark Dagonal has done, and can this team really make a run to a Western Conference title? Next, we go to the college game. I've been winning, meaning to talk about this. I want to talk about NILs and how this is becoming dangerous to college basketball because not all teams are created equal. Speaking of NILs, we'll talk about the number one team in the nation, UConn. Is this team this dominant and can they keep it up? And lastly, we go to our Chicago Bulls all-time roster, starting five, and I had to go with six bench guys instead of five. Welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast, and let's get started with Luka Doncic. Wow, what a performance by Luka over the weekend, uh, Friday night at Atlanta in a 148-143 win. I get it. I know, I know, I know, I know. Atlanta can't stop anybody, but still, for a person to score, score 73 points, folks, right? 10 rebounds, 7 assists, shoot 62% from the floor, and miss one free throw was absolutely sensational. And it came just days after Joel Embiid dropped his 70-point game. Remember, Luka Doncic set the franchise record for the Dallas Mavericks for most points scored in a game and became the 10th player all-time to score 70 in a game. Just in case you want to know who those others are, Algin Baylor, you know we had Will. By the way, shout out to my producer, Matt George, who was right. I was wrong. Philadelphia Warriors, he scored 100 points, not Philadelphia 76. Great job by Matt with that one. David Thompson, David Robinson, he scored his last day of the season to beat Shaq in the scoring title. Kobe Bryant, remember the 81-point game he had against uh, the Raptors. Devin Booker. Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid. So what a performance, obviously, by Luka Doncic, who's playing phenomenal basketball as one of the favorites to win MVP. Last seven games, averaging 38 points per game on, ready for this, folks, 49% shooting, 34.3% from three. And if you look at Luka's overall numbers this year, scoring at 34.4 points per game, almost six points per game above his career average, shooting it at 48.8% from the field, two percentage points higher, 37.5% from three, three percentage higher, shooting better from the free throw line, assists are the same. I'm um, sorry, assists are up, 
Rebounds are the same. Turnovers a bit down. Steals up. So Luka's been really fantastic for this team and the Dallas Mavericks, a team that's really, let's be honest, folks, is very polarizing because of who they have in their backcourt with himself and Kyrie Irving. And you got to realize, folks, he's done some of this without Kyrie Irving. If you just look at just plainly that Kyrie has only played in 27 games so far, although he's getting you 25.2, 5.1, 5.3. And obviously Kyrie uh, is doing what he can, shooting 47% from three, 41% from the three-point line, almost 90%. Remember, Kyrie's one of those guys, part of the 50, 40, 90 club. 50% from the floor, 40% from three, and 90% from the foul line. Obviously, we talked before about the play of Tim Hardaway Jr. getting you 18 points a game, but they got to get better play as some of these other guys. Uh, Grant Williams has been a humongous disappointment, only getting 8.5 points per game. Uh, Jones is playing pretty well at 10.1. Dante Exum, who has had some major knee problems over the years, uh, giving him 9.2. So there's got to be more that's going to be done for Dallas, folks. Uh, folks, a Dallas team, what as great as Luke has been, and you could argue – this could be the best season so far of his career. Folks, they're still only sitting in eighth place in the Western Conference, folks. But they are only one game behind in the loss column behind Phoenix. So a big move here uh, to see what can happen in regards to Dallas. But this is more about the flowers we need to give Luka Doncic, a guy that is a the top non-forward or center in the NBA, the top guard in the league, and play fantastic basketball, but he needs Kyrie to be healthy, and he needs more help if this team is going to even make a run in a loaded Western Conference. Speaking of great guards, when you looked at my top 10 I gave you earlier in this year, who was number two of my guards? It was SGA. And what can we say about the Oklahoma City Thunder? Folks, 20 wins two years ago, 42 wins. Now they're 32 and 14 this year in the number one seed right now in the Western Conference playoffs. And what can you say about the job that SGA has absolutely done this year continues to raise his game, take it to another level, scoring at 31.1 points per game, almost nine points per game above his season. I mean, his career average. He's shooting it five percentage points from the floor, 54.4%, percent 54.7%, excuse me, just a shade under from three, four percentage points up from the free throw line, more assists, more rebounds, more blocks. More steals, less turnovers. And I think that's one thing we talk about is a guy that's getting a three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio, which is anything over two-to-one is is really uh, very, very, very good. So he's been outstanding for a team. I know they just came off a 120-104 loss uh, as a 13-point favorite to uh, Detroit. But you can't blame SGA. For his 31 points on 65% from the floor, 100% from three. But it's the play of the other players is why this team is where they are. 
Chet Holmgren, leader in the clubhouse to be rookie of the year. Although Wemby's turning it on a little bit, 17 points per game, right? Getting you 7.5 rebounds, 2.7 assists, 2.4 blocks. What can you say about Jalen Williams? Giving you 18.6 points per game, right? 20.1 in his last 10. Shooting the ball at 44.4% from three. Josh Giddy continues to evolve as a as a point as a big guard. 11.6 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 4.6 assists. Shooting the ball 81% from three. Then there's the junkyard dog, the defender, the lockdown guy, Lou Dort. Now, we've talked about Lou in the past maybe needing to up his scoring a little bit, but this could be a product of the fact of who they have in, right, in regards to Holmgren being healthy, uh, in regards to the step up of Jalen Williams. Uh, if, if you talk about the play, uh, obviously, uh, of, of Josh Kitty, these guys, there's more guys scoring. But also look at some of these other guys. Don't sleep on a guy like Isaiah Joe giving you about 8.7 points per game. So this team's really enticing, and I think it leads to tonight. Tonight's a really big matchup. I know this will be released tomorrow, but look at the box score tonight in a really big game between Minnesota and OKC, teams that are tied for first place in the Western Conference right now in a big matchup in a game that I really think means a lot to both teams, teams that have not had uh, playoff uh, success with their roster that they've had. Uh, OKC just not being there. Minnesota being there a couple of years ago. Uh, but they're a lot better this year. So let's see what we get in a really big matchup tonight between those two teams. Obviously, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit on the podcast in a couple of days. Let's move on to the college game. And something that has been bothering me and irking me for the better part of this season. Being a college basketball coach before coming to Sports Grid, I've gotten to know a lot of people in college basketball. And when the NAL came out, you got to realize that it was not set up the way it's being used now, right? Boosters, they couldn't just funnel money into these programs. But that's what's happened. And as a coach, it frustrates the hell out of me to see people I know, I respect, not being on the same level playing field. See, when you have to get 12 scholarships, or 13, I'm not sure which one it is for for men, 15 for women, you're on the same level playing field, right? Maybe there's cost of attendance couple of thousand more each each uh each school if you guys don't know cost of attendance is, is a stipend it's given to players um because they can't work and it's based off of the location so on and so forth it's calculated by financial aid but the NL changed everything that in the portal and, and COVID I would say as well and I got a problem with the NIL because not all teams are created equal why look at my backyard the Big East, right? And look at a team that should be the best team money can buy. In fact, before I bring it up, how about I pull up the Big East standings right now so so you can kind of see where I'm going with this, right? The best team in the Big East, UConn. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Creighton second, Marquette third. Then you have a tie for 
fourth between Seton Hall, St. John's. Seton Hall, like a half a game ahead of St. John's, Providence. Look at that team at four and five in Villanova. And you're going to say, oh boy, here goes coach again with Villanova. Folks, do you know how much money they spend in NIL? I'll give you a hint. Seven figures. I'll tell you that. Right? Seven figures they spent on NIL on four players. TJ Bamba, Hakeem Hart, Lance Ware, Tyler Burton. And this doesn't even include the amount of money they may have to use to keep Justin Moore, to keep Eric Dixon. Remember, folks, they were in on Hunter Dickinson. You know why Hunter Dickinson went? He went to Kansas. I'll give you one reason why he went to Kansas and didn't stay in Michigan. Right. NIL. So what am I getting with this? Not all teams are created equally. Why? Well, as Villanova spent, I don't know. I don't want to say the number, but like I said, it's in a million, it's over a million, maybe millions. Let's take a look at teams that didn't have the money. How about the worst team in the Big East? And DePaul. Tony Stubblefield gets fired midseason. Why? Doesn't have the horses. Doesn't have the talent. So how how can how can DePaul compete against a Villanova that could spend over a million dollars in NIL money? Or a team like UConn with that budget to go ahead and get Cam Spencer to leave Rutgers? How can you compete? Problem is you can't. And it's not sustainable. Let's talk about the team in my backyard, Seton Hall, who I've come to respect and love what Shaheen Holloway has done, getting to see Shaw up close when he was at St. Peter's and I was at Monmouth, and then seeing, obviously, the friendship I've had uh, with his top assistant, Ryan Whelan, for a, whole, a long time. I said this to you people before. Seton Hall's lost three games in a row. Okay? Last two without Kadari Richmond. You tell me if that man had TJ Bamba, Lance Ware, right? Tyler Burton, that this guy has? Kyle Neptune? If Shaw had that roster, would he be where he is? If Shaw had Dan Hurley's transfer, imagine you putting a kid like Cam Spencer. Now, I want, to, I want to make people understand something right now. This is not a knock on Dan Hurley. I think Dan Hurley is one of the best coaches in the country. He's one of the best motivators in the country. And I have so much respect for the Hurley name because the Hurley name is royalty where I'm from. And I, like I told you in the past, I've had the honor, the best moment of my basketball life as a coach was standing across the other sideline and going against Bob Hurley Sr. Highlight of my career. So I'm not knocking Dan, okay? I want people to understand that. If Dan didn't have Cam Spencer, he'd still be winning. Now, we'll get to them in a minute. But it's a difference between what you could talk about UConn and we could talk about with Villanova. Either or, it's hard for these teams to compete. 
when they don't have the NIL money. So my issue is this, and you can look at kids getting Hunter Dickinson. You think Oklahoma State, who's last in the Big 12, has as much money, NIL money, as Kansas does? Of course not. That's why I'm saying that not all teams are created equal in these conferences. And I'm going to say this. The NIL will be the next thing that can force conference realignment because the Pauls, the Seton Halls, he's trying like Hal Shaheen, like the Butlers, they can't compete NIL with UConn. They can't compete NIL with St. John's, right? They can't compete NIL with Villanova. They can't. So what is going to happen in college basketball is they got to get this under control. Maybe they cap the amount that you get, and then they got to make it about ready for this, the coaches. Because the best coaches should be the ones winning. And Shaw, God bless him to have that team fourth in the Big East What Kadari Richmond missing his last two games is unbelievable. And you can call it Jersey bias. I don't care what you think. What Shaw's doing is magical. And I just wish guys like Shaheen Holloway or Tony Summerfield would have a level playing field to show the greatness of their coaching. Let's stay in the Big East with UConn. I told you before, I wasn't knocking Dan Hurley for going getting, getting Cam Spencer. It's the rules. He did it behind, by the rules. So this is not a knock on Dan Hurley. In fact, I want to praise Dan Hurley for what he has done at UConn. And look what they have done the last four or so games. They beat George Sal by 13, didn't cover the spread, right? Then they get, I went to that, I mean, then they beat, I'm sorry, UConn. UConn beat Creighton, 62-48. Donovan McClinton came back. How the Creighton team that I saw Seton Hall give up 97 points to held them to 48. And then I was at this barn burner. The same thing. I mean, think about this. Coach, Coach has a good life. Thank God for friends. I got a Creighton-Seton Hall triple overtime game, then head to Philly and watch UConn-Villanova in an absolute war. That was one by one. And then, poor Sean Miller. Paging Sean Miller. Sean Miller, are you there? Oh, my God. 99-56. to 38-7 start. Folks, that reminds me of a UConn Xavier women's basketball score. And right now, they're the number one team in the nation at an 18-2 record, undefeated at home, eight-game winning streak, first in the Big East. I am going to say this right now. The UConn Huskies are the best team in college basketball. Why? They've changed, folks. They've changed. Dawkins is gone. Andre Jackson is gone. But like I said, they go and they get a cold-blooded sniper in Camp Spencer. And when you have a guy like Cam Spencer that can literally knock down threes at a reckless abandon and, and, and really have, dare I say, no conscience 
of when he shoots the ball. And he's shooting the ball at 45.4% from three, getting your 15.9 points per game. Then you talk about the elevation of Tristan Newton's game. 15.8, 6.4, 5.8 assists. Right? Two to one turnover, uh, assist turnover ratio. Talk about Newton probably hitting and, and making a little bit more of his threes. And then you got a play of Alex Caravan, who midway through last year kind of turned it on, getting you 14.7 points per game, 40.2% from three, 52.7% from the floor. Almost a 50, 40, 90 guy, Alex Caravan. And then there's the big man. Let me tell you something. When he came back and they what they did, what they did to Creighton, it, it, it made me believe that if Dominic Klingon's healthy, they're the best team in the country. 13.1, 6.3. Folks, 13.1 points per game in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. What happens if this guy plays 25-30? And so that's the thing you want to look at. And, and then the, the, the play Stefan Castle, the freshman. Six six freshman starting to kind of play better, right? Nine point six points per game, right? Three of the last five games he's gone over, gotten in double figures, so he's starting to play better. I'm going to say this with that big man right there, and that coach, and the way they defend, and the way that he motivates. You tell me in a forty minute game. Who you're taking to win the national t- title? For me, it's the UConn Huskies. And I do think they're going to repeat. Let's end today's podcast by talking about a roster. I went with starting five, then I kind of moved on to 35 plus the bench. So now we're going to go 11 deep. Chicago Bulls. Here's my bench before I get to my starting lineup. All right. How about Bob Love, 21 points per game, three-time All-Star? How about you know him as the coach, Jerry Sloan, but two-time All-Star Hall of Famer, Jerry Sloan? How about Horace Grant? So this is where the debates are coming in. How about Horace Grant, 12.6, 8.6 rebounds a game, won uh, three championships with the Chicago Bulls, their first three-peat, 91, 92, 93. How about Joakim Noah? You know, people want to talk about the experiment that went wrong in New York. Joakim Noah was the, 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 the grit and the glue of those Tom Thibodeau teams, right? How about another player uh, that played for Tibbs, and Tibbs loves to death, Jimmy Butler, whose game has obviously elevated going to Miami, but uh, really got a good start in his career. And one of the most underrated 3 and D guys that maybe you kids have never heard of, go look up Luel Dang. Why, why, why does Tibbs love OG Ananobi? Luel Dang was a prototype. That was his prototype, right? A 3 and D guy, really good defensively, can knock down threes, especially from the corner. So let's go to the starting five at the point. Come on now. Come on now. Derek Rose. Oh, Lord have mercy. But Derrick Rose is going to be one of those guys that you look at his career and say, what would have happened if he didn't tear his ACL? 
And what would have happened in that playoff series against Miami? Three-time All-Star, league MVP, currently still playing with the Memphis Grizzlies. Folks, go, go look at Terrence Rose's first couple of years in the league. Just go look at the absolute explosiveness that this guy had. It's a shame that injuries are going to be the mark of his career because Derrick Rose was a sure ballot Hall of Famer on his way before he got injured at the two guard. Sorry, Kevin Walsh, the GOAT. Michael Jordan, do, 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 you, do you want me to go through his accolades? Do, do you, you want me to go down to 14-time All-Star, six-time champion, five-time MVP, six-time finals MVP, the greatest of all time? How about his, what he did for the game? I mean, Michael Jordan, you got to realize this, folks. Michael Jordan made wearing basketball sneakers cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, back before that, there, were, there was the Converse weapons. You got the weapons because you played basketball. That's why you wore the weapons. You wore Jordans everywhere, and they still do. Shout out to the, the all-time best basketball player in the world, greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. At the three, Scottie Pippen. Scotty was the best Robin to Batman. He had the ability to take over games. When him and Jordan were dialed in defensively, you couldn't score. And he just did so many things that, and I'm going to say this. I know there's been a lot of talk and beef between the two of them. I'm going to say this. Cut the feud out. You're like two high school girls. You, Scotty, couldn't have won six without Michael. Michael, you couldn't have won six without Scotty. So how about we just stop the nonsense? All right? Stop the nonsense. Stop the bad blood. Scotty, stop running your mouth trashing Jordan and just recognize the fact that y'all two should be forever linked together. Do it for everyone's sake. I don't know about everybody else. I'm sick and tired of it. Power forward, Dennis Rodman. You're going to say, what? Dennis Rodman played three years, right? Well, what, why not Horace Grant? Uh, why not Jerry Sloan? Why? Because he was part of the greatest team of all time. 72 and 10. Won a title. Three years in Chicago. Three rings. Hall of Famer. The, one of the best rebounders in the history of basketball, and not because of his athletic ability, because of his innate in instincts to know where the ball is going. Go look at that last dance clip of him talking about ball here, boom. Like we talk about as a coach, ball goes on one side, of the, you shoot on one side, 70% of the time is going to the other side. Robin would see the shot go and be already going to the other side of the floor because he knows where the rebound's going. Shout out to Dennis Robin. I don't care how crazy he was. I don't care about the, the stuff with Carmelo. I don't care about the drag queen stuff, the Carmen Electra running away, going to Vegas during the, the last dance. Dennis Robin is an all-time great player. And he did it without scoring. And he made rebounding very, very cool. Lastly, at center, the A-Train, Artis Gilmore, 7-2. Funny story, Artis Gilmore played at uh, Jacksonville University, 
and he was the co commentator. And I played, my mom and team went and played at Jacksonville. I got to meet Art Artis Gilmore. I am six foot five, 240 pounds. I looked like a five-year-old next to Artis Gilmore. Seven, two. I mean, his hands like wrapped my hand. But the A-Train, whoo, go, go, go watch the A-Train back in the day in the 70s, early 80s. You know, and the Wills career. You had, you had West Unsell. Un, un, un you had uh, Kareem. You had Willis Reed at the end. Jack Sigma was coming into the game. Joe Barry Carr. You had so many great centers. Bob Lanier. Artis Gilmore was one of the most underrated players of all time. Remember, I believe started his career with the Kentucky Colonels uh, of the ABA. There's my starting lineup. Once again, Derek Rose at the point. Michael Jordan at the two, Scottie Pippen at the three, Dennis Rodman at the four. I know I took him over Horace Grant, but there's a reason. Like I said, the three championships in three years. Artis Gilmore at the five with the bench of Bob Love, of Jerry Sloan, of Horace Grant, Joakim Noah, Jimmy Butler, and Luell Dang. This has been episode 24 of your Betting Above the Rim podcast. Like I said, today's date is January 29th. For all things sports gambling, please download this Sports Grid app available on iOS, Google Play, Android Store. It's your one-stop shop for all things you need for betting, pre-game, in-game, post-game, plays, props, predictions, and more for some of the very best in the industry and the exclusive home for my college basketball scouting reports, which are post basically posted daily with four scouting reports every Saturday. Make sure you download that sports grid app. Next podcast to be filmed on January 31st. Two topics we're going to do. All-time Miami Heat. Oh, boy. Alonzo Morning. Shaq. Does Tim Hardaway make it? Who's a two guard? It's probably gonna be Dwayne Wade. Bosch should get there. Intriguing roster with the Miami Heat. A team that has been around a long time, but an all-time great roster. And we'll get into Brittany Griner getting her number retired and just announced it. Thank God Baylor did it. Kim Mulkey, duck on the 31st. This has been your Betting Above the Rim podcast. I will see you on Wednesday. Shout out to Matt George, the best in the business. Remember, folks, it's smarter to be on sports Grid. See you Wednesday. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.